Welcome, and I'm really, really glad you're here. The topic is talk to me, please. What our children are dying for us to learn. I'm Jackie Simmons. I'm the host of the show, and I am your speaker for this segment. Thank you for being here. In the next 24 hours, over 3,000 American teenagers will attempt to take their own lives. 17 of them will die. According to the Bureau of Health Statistics, teen deaths from suicide now outnumber teen deaths from heart disease, diabetes, cancer. The list goes on and on. And it's getting worse. And what's the problem? You know, well, there are two. The first one is that we're not talking about suicide. And the second one is that we're not listening when our teens are talking to us. The Center for Disease Control say, states that over 25% of American young adults are struggling with suicidal thoughts. That means four out of four young adults that you know, at least one of them is struggling to stay alive. But which one? How can you tell? There's a checklist of signs on the Center for Disease Control website. I didn't know that checklist existed. June. It was June of 1995, the beginning of summer vacation. And that meant that my daughters were getting ready for their summer trip to visit their dad and his family one state away. And that meant shopping. <laughs> my daughter, Stephanie, was 14 years old. She was in between her sisters, in between schools, and in between clothing sizes. The shopping became an adventure. Outfit after outfit, store after store, nothing fit her. And at the end of the day, we came home with nothing except an attitude. Stephanie headed straight upstairs to the bathroom. I collapsed on the sofa, grateful to be off my feet. Peace and quiet. And then, mom, I think I need help. My eyes were drawn to Stephanie's left arm. Blood was dripping off her fingers onto the wood floor. The emotional part of my brain started screaming in panic at the sight of my bleeding, obviously suicidal child. The rational part of my brain started flipping through the files in my head, looking for the date of her last tetanus shot. I wrapped her in my arms and assessed the wounds. They were not life-threatening. Have you ever felt panicky and calm at the same time? Bandages were applied and together we made plans to visit the local teen mental health facility the next day. Our tears finally stopped. Mutual I'm sorry's were shared. 
and she slept. I couldn't risk being away from her, so we were sleeping in the living room. Between us, a handwritten note, her promise not to try and harm herself again while I slept. Yeah, right, like I was gonna close my eyes that night? All night, I stared into the darkness, my thoughts swinging from what just happened to how did this happen to who's to blame? It had to be somebody's fault, right? What followed that night? Years, counseling, therapy, medications, interventions, hospitalizations, and 13. Yes, 13 more attempts. Stephanie getting professional help made it easy for me to sell myself on the idea that we didn't need to talk about it. After all, why bring that up again? I was scared I would put the thought back in her head. So I stayed silent. A silence that lasted 23 years. Then on August the 3rd, 2019, oh my God, the dates, August the 3rd, 2019, Stephanie, now 37, breaks the silence. The morning of her talk is sunny and already warm. The hotel is on the outskirts of Sarasota, Florida. I walk into the conference room and I greet the 12 speakers that I've trained to deliver messages that matter. Everything worked that day. The photographer was set up, the PowerPoints worked, the, the projector, the microphone, the audience started to take their seats. Stephanie was getting into that nervous, excited state you get into right before you give a talk. She looked amazing in her dark blouse and flowery skirt and her hair pulled back in combs. I'm super proud of my daughter. She's first up on the speaker's roster. The lights dim. Everyone help me welcome Stephanie Ashton. Stephanie walks confidently to the front of the room and shakes my hand. She begins her talk. Three thousand American teenagers will attempt to take their own lives today. I'm stunned twice. First, because I have no idea the number is that high. And second, because I didn't know her topic was suicide. Stephanie continues. When I was 14, after a bad day of shopping, I stood in my bathroom. The pain of not fitting into any clothes was just more proof that I didn't fit in anywhere. That pain was more than I could bear. I took a razor and cut into my left arm, trying to end the pain and my life. In the back of the room, 
I feel the blood drain from my face. Stephanie continued. It wasn't my only attempt. There were others. Mom and I never really talked about it. And outside of professional help, I've never really talked about it with anybody, but especially not mom. It was too painful, too embarrassing, too easy to avoid. Mom and I had other talks. Mom and I had the talk about sex. And mom and I had the talk about drugs. And mom and I had the talk about alcohol. And then I went to college on a dry campus. That means that the kegs were hidden in the girl shower. Mom and I had the talk about alcohol more than once. But we never had the talk about suicide. I still struggle with suicidal thoughts. In the back of the room, I go from pale to bone cold. As I realize the struggles that Stephanie's had to face alone because I didn't have the courage to have the talk about suicide. Have you ever been hijacked by a bad memory? Only 30 years of stress management training keeps me from just crawling into a corner and bawling. Stephanie winds up her talk. Along my suicide avoidant journey, I've learned tons of coping skills. Now, I want to te help teenagers learn these skills before they need them. Yes, before they need them. The audience gives Stephanie a standing ovation. Some rush up and hug her and thank her for being so brave, so willing, so vulnerable. I'm rooted, frozen in the back of the room, torn between pride for her bravery and shame and guilt for my cowardice. Then it hit me. 3,000 teens attempt to take their own lives every day. This means 6,000 parents begin to live the guilt nightmare. This means over 20,000 grandparents, aunts, uncles, brothers, and sisters begin to live the guilt nightmare. This means hundreds of thousands of classmates, teachers, boyfriends, girlfriends, and neighbors start to live the guilt nightmare that I'd lived. All of them probably just as blindsided by it as I had been. And then I wondered, what if Stephanie was right? What if stopping teen suicide was as simple as having the talk about suicide before they need it? Simple and obvious. So simple and obvious that professionals have tripped over it. You know, simple and obvious, like 
putting wheels on luggage or putting ketchup in squeezable bottles. Simple and obvious. What happened after the event? Stephanie and I decided to work together. Who knew that was possible? We co-founded the Teen Suicide Prevention Society along with her sisters. In our research, we discovered that suicide prevention is not about intervention. It's not about at risk anyone and it's not about waiting for signs. It's pure prevention. And this means having the talk about suicide before your teen is struggling with suicidal thoughts. So we started teaching mothers, fathers, brothers, aunts, uncles, sisters, friends, how to have the talk about suicide. The talk about suicide is a planned science-based talk with a simple script designed to work with the way the teenage brain really works. It's a script designed to save you from the guilt nightmare a script that builds emotional resilience in both the teen and you. Here's our four-step script. Step one, invite the teen to talk one-on-one -on -one and ask, have you heard about the rise in teen suicides? It's just that simple, ask and listen. Oh, I advise taking a deep breath. Step two, ask, do you have a friend who's tried or died? And again, just listen. Step three, ask, have you ever thought of leaving that way? And again, just listen. Step four, ask, why stay? What are your reasons for staying? What else? Keep them sharing their reasons for staying. Now, if your child, your parent, your partner, your friend, whoever you are talking with, if they have thought of, of leaving, and they don't have any reasons for staying. Stay with them and call 911 or whatever the emergency intervention line, not the hotline, but the actual get an ambulance. Oh yeah, they'll hate you for it. And you just might save their life. Our students share their stories with us. Like Raphael, he works with underprivileged teenage girls. He shared 16 lives have been saved by having the talk about suicide so far. And Tammy, who had the talk about suicide with her troubled son. They cried together. And then he agreed to get professional help. Now it's your turn. When it comes to the people you care about, there are no signs. 
many times what we find is that the first sign that someone's in trouble is an attempt and they don't all survive. So don't wait, break the silence. We'll give you the script, have the talk. This is the most important conversation I can have with you. That statistic of 25% of young adults struggling with suicidal thoughts, that's a new statistic. And that is double what it was just two years ago. It was bad at 11% two years ago. It's awful at over 25%. We are now in what I call the COVID compression meaning that we have been under the rules of the pandemic for long enough now that the pressure is starting to show cracks in every area of our life. Just like it showed up with the cracks in the infrastructure of our country and in countries around the world, now our personal levels of mental and emotional resilience are being tested and we're being tested under high heat. This particular script is designed to build emotional resilience. And over the course of this conversation, I want to share some other tools with you. But I also want to be in dialogue with you. So feel free, raise your hand. If you've got a question, pop it into the chat and let's answer it. Let's have the talk. Because when you can confidently come into a conversation on the topic of suicide, I'll tell you what, you master this conversation, you master this talk, every other talk, whether it's about chores and homework with your kid, or whether it's about getting a raise with your boss or inviting a high-end client to hire you, every other talk that you will ever have in your life will be easier when you master this one. Because this particular script specifically is designed to build the mental and emotional resilience of both people in the conversation. Now, we're gonna carry this one step further. The training program that we have, that we do inside the Teen Suicide Prevention Society is also specifically designed to build your mental and emotional resilience so that you can go out and help others build theirs. And by the way, as a member of the society, you get access to that course for free and membership in the Teen Suicide Prevention Society is free. And that link is coming into the chat in just a moment. I actually, I think I put it in the chat earlier and I will grab it for you. There it is. We call it teaspoons. And unless Katie got there first, haha, my tech support person is amazing. It helps if I put it in for all panelists. There we go, and all attendees. So. That's how you join the society. It's a very simple page and we're a very simple society. We don't want anyone else to live the story that my daughter lived and that I lived. So that's why we created the society. What are we doing there? Besides offering training programs in mental and emotional resilience, offering a program called Suicide Prevention Advocate Training, SPAT, 
because it feels like a spat inside myself to even have this conversation with you. I have to fight with myself to get here. But it's a struggle worth having with yourself to be able to break the silence on this topic and others. The society, what we're about, here's the fun part. We are about gathering real-time data. Why? Because we think that we can stop teen suicide. We can make suicide a thing of the past if we can get pure prevention programs funded. Pure prevention programs. These are the programs that improve mental and emotional resilience, that improve, improve up-level your positivity, bring you into your personal power, help you find your purpose. Everything we do on the show is based on pure prevention programs as much as possible. Now, we also do things on the show and in the society that are about intervention because it's needed. We need both. In the United States, our government is doing something. We approve. They have now required social emotional learning to be part of the school curriculum. That's great. And it's not enough. Suicide prevention and suicide intervention programs are way underfunded. So we want to change that. By gathering real-time data, we will then petition the governments to fund more pure prevention programs. So we have all of these things to look forward to with you if you become a member of the society. And if you do that today, we have a gift for you. We want to gift you not just this program, the advocates, the suicide prevention advocate program, but we'd also like to gift you some fun things. And that means that you have to join the society and get on the mailing list because good stuff is coming. We have a lot going on there. Oh, I want to make sure that I drop the script for you. And so here we go. And now, I am open up for questions. So if you can know how to raise your hand, you can raise your hand and we will go from there. Here's the script. Oh, did Katie get it first? She's been known to do that. There it is. <laughs> All right. So this is the conversation that I wanted to have with you. Don't wait. Be brave. We're going to call this be brave like Stephanie and break the silence. Have the talk. Most people don't understand suicide. I think this is one of the truest statements. And that's because if you've never been on the ledge, just hanging on by your fingertips, there's not a lot of common language you can have. You know, how are you gonna have a conversation with someone who's had that kind of experience where nothing else makes sense to the brain? The world according to Jackie, this is where you are. And welcome to my world. 
In my world, the brain has a natural negative bias. And that's how the script got written. It's based on intervention techniques that I created and it's called the Why Not Workbook. And it explains the natural negative bias. So I won't get into neuroscience right now unless somebody asks a question about it. Just know that the script is very precise and it's neutral language intentionally. So I'm gonna go behind the scenes of the script for just a minute with you because suicide is misunderstood and how the brain really works is misunderstood. And how do you reset the brain? That's misunderstood. So here we go. My understanding and granted, this is mine. The script is designed with three very precise, very neutral, closed-ended questions. Yes or no answers. That's a closed question. Then the last question, the fourth question, is an open-ended question. So we're on constricting emotion, constricting emotion, constricting emotion, pop, expanding emotion. What are your reasons for saying? It's the most powerful exercise that you can do for your brain is to put it into constriction, 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 expansion. It's just like a progressive muscle where you tense your muscles and then release them and they actually relax more than if you had just tried to release them without tensing them first. It works the same in your brain. So that's why the script is designed that way. And I'm going to jump into the chat and just double check and ah, there we go. That's a really good question. Is all suicide thought induced? Where does thinking come from? Okay, there is no doubt that thoughts drive emotions. And this is where the resilience starts to come into play. Mental resilience resists the thoughts. We can dismiss the thoughts that would be labeled as paranoid. We can dismiss them. We can actually take charge of them when we have mental resilience and we can say, yes, that might be true, but it might also be true that that's not true. And we can have that mental agility, but that comes from building mental resilience. Now, emotions are where actions come from. So I'm going to address the question. The, the, the question is people who think that they're people who are experiencing this, somebody's after me, somebody's gonna hurt me. And so is every death of someone jumping a suicide? And the answer is yes. Because even the people who jumped out of the World Trade Center when it was on fire, September 11th. Even those people, that was suicide. There's no two ways about it. They were jumping to their death. Did they have another choice? Yeah, they could have stayed and waited for a miracle or you know, when the buildings fell, they would have been crushed by the building. Yeah, I mean, so was it a logical choice? Yes. Is suicide sometimes the logical choice? Yes. So I'm looking for stigma-free conversations about suicide. I think that suicide is a stigma-free 
it's an action and it's no longer a crime. That's why we don't say people commit suicide anymore because it's been decriminalized. That's good and bad. But do we need another language? Possibly, but maybe not. Maybe not. The world is not quite ready to address life and death as conscious choices. Somebody once told me that alcoholism was suicide on the American plan, that you just drink yourself to death. But we don't call that suicide. We label it a whole bunch of other things. You know, is eating just one more donut, one more plate of nachos, is that suicidal? You keep doing that over and over again, the answer is possibly it will kill you. But it's so slow that we don't label that as suicide. We label it as self-sabotage. Okay. So when we're talking about self-sabotage, that's what suicide is, the ultimate self-sabotage. But is it sometimes the logical choice? This is a debate that's been going on for centuries. When a soldier falls on their sword, rather than being taken captive where they could possibly betray the locations of their comrades, we don't call that suicide or we do. It actually is suicide, but we call it self-sacrifice. So there's no difference between self-sacrifice and self-murder, which by the way, is the other name for suicide was self-murder. They came into the lexicon of language in the 1600s around the same time. Prior to that, they didn't have a name for it. It's been going on and it is a time honored. There's such a thing as Harry Carey in the Japanese culture. This was an honorable way to die. So Taking your own life is a subject for debate, but that's not why we're here. We're here to help you develop the mental and emotional resilience that keeps you away from the edge. What we say is if you're on the ledge, lean back, let us catch you. Let Call in a hotline, call a friend, phone a friend. This is a great time to do that. Lean back. If you're on the ledge, the Suicide Prevention Society and the Teen Suicide Prevention Society, we exist to help you build the mental and emotional resilience so that you don't go near the edge. It's just not in your view. So while there's a debate about staying, by the way, there's a great book that covers this historically, and the book is entitled Stay. The debate can rage on. In the meantime, we're here to make a difference. We're here to make a difference in your day. We're here to make a difference in your world. We're here to make a difference in how you communicate with each other. This is our mission and this is what we want you to join. So please, we'll drop in the chat again and it'll be in the show notes if you're watching this. Join the society. Participate in our activities. Give us your real-time data. 
about what's true in your world, what's true for you. What do you really think about suicide is one of the questions that we're gonna be gathering data on. Is there ever a time that it's the right thing to do? So, <laughs> typos rule. Um, we <laughs> so the, the typo was join out society. It's join the society. Um, and it's teaspoons, T-S-P-S, Teen Suicide Prevention Society, the Suicide Prevention Society, the Suicide Prevention Show, T-S-P-S. It stands for teaspoons. Teaspoons. Why? Because one teaspoon of positivity, like one teaspoon of sugar. Mary Poppins had it right when she said, just a teaspoon of sugar helps the medicine go down. Just a teaspoon of positivity helps you navigate life's whitewater moments. It just gives you that ability to bounce and come out of the fear of breaking. We believe that you are designed to bounce and not break. And so that's why we're here, to support that. And as you support the society by becoming a member, we will get a voice that is loud enough that maybe other people will start to believe, as we do, that we can bounce and not break. Isn't that a great thought? I can bounce back, I can bounce forward. I'm a firm believer in what Charlie Day shared. Charlie Day is the actor. He was in and the creator behind It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And he did a commencement speech. And in part of it, he talks about failing forward, failing in the direction that you want to go. And it's what helped him make the decision between do I take the lucrative job, save my money, and then go to New York to become an actor, or do I go to New York and risk everything and to become an actor? And he realized he could fail on either pathway. He could fail at the job or he could fail in New York. But since his goal was to become an actor, he went to New York. Fail in the direction that you want to go in. What do you want? Have you allowed yourself to think about it? It's like that question at the end of the script. What are your reasons for staying? Is there something you haven't experienced yet? Is there a place that you want to go? Is there something you would miss? Oh, trust me. When I designed the Why Not workbook and I tested it with my guy and the question inside that workbook that is, oh, by the way, that's a do-it-yourself suicide intervention guide. It's do-it-yourself suicide prevention. And the question is, why not? Why not take my life today? Why not kill myself today? And his first answers were about other people. You know? Sound, actually, his first one was like, sounds like it'd be messy or too much trouble or, you know. And then he got to, why not? kill myself today because he would miss seeing people smile. He would miss driving new cars. He's a car guy. There were things he would miss. And as soon as he started that list of what was so good in his life that he would miss it, 
all of a sudden the energy of the conversation changed. So the Why Not Workbook is available to everyone at whynotworkbook.com. And we do trainings based on the four-step script and the Why Not Workbook, all under the Suicide Prevention Advocate Training, which is included in your membership as part of the Teen Suicide Prevention Society. So I hope you've taken advantage of that. We have some amazing things coming up for you. And we're really happy that you're joining us. So if there's another question that I can answer for you, feel free to add it to the comments on the video. If you're watching this in the video, add it to the chat and we will get to it. We want to help you develop a really, 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 really long list of reasons for staying so that you can help other people build their lists out. This is what will shift the positivity of the world. And later in the show, later in the season, and actually if you're watching the video, you'll be able to flip through the videos and look for the interview with Kim Serafini, look for the interview with Natan, look for the interview with Aisha, look for the interview that's coming up next, Oh my God, we have some of the most amazing people on this show. And we're here for you. So watch, binge watch. By the way, someone asked me, Jackie, why do you, when you do the shows live, why do you do two 12-hour days? I said, because that gives us 24 hours of content for the Suicide Prevention Movement YouTube channel. And your worst day, your longest day, only has 24 hours in it. So if we can give you 24 hours of great content, maybe we'll help you get through your longest day so that you stay. <laughs>